0: Are Locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's do this. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg. I'm here as always with David Remill. Coming up on the show, we've got shock, awe, and players only meetings in Chicago, Denver dealing with the injury bug, and we'll get to our top performance from Monday night's action. But first, David, we've got much more pressing matters. Did the moon landing even happen?
1: Are you asking me for real? Because I don't think it did.
0: <laughs> um, look, we've got a big show. Uh, we got to get to all that stuff. But, we, but where we have to start is in Los Angeles, where Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, after 16 years in the NBA together, after playing against each other now 31 times, playing with each other for four years and winning two championships, they played each other for the last time on Monday night uh, in what was... And, and you know, that was what was on the marquee, right, David? It was Dwayne Wade versus LeBron James in the final matchup. We knew it was going to be emotional. We knew that there'd be a jersey exchange and we knew there'd be a lot of, of hoopla about it, but it turned out to be a very entertaining game.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, you're right that that was the overarching theme, but for the most part, though, there was a lot of back and forth there. Miami seemed to get into a nice groove offensively, led by Justice Winslow, who seems to have discovered his long-range shooting, went 6 of 10 from the perimeter. and They got some really nice shooting in the ILA side of things from Kyle Kuzma as well. He really kept them in the game, despite LeBron having an okay night. He didn't have a any kind of superstar explosion, as we've seen from him in the past. And Dwayne struggled a little bit in the first half, kind of saving his energy at this point in his career. But in the second half, really stepped it up a notch, uh, had some nice playmaking going on there. He also had some nice drives to the rim. Had a couple opportunities in the waning moments of the game to knock down a game winner or to tie the game. Fortunately, those fell short. And uh, the Lakers pulled out a victory there. But a good, fun, back-and-forth game between, again, two classic, all-time great competitors. So that was a lot of fun to watch. If you missed it, definitely go back and watch that on League
0: Pass if you can. Especially the, the fourth quarter there. It was a back-and-forth fourth quarter, and it culminated in a moment that we all really were kind of waiting for. Dwayne Wade against LeBron James with, for a chance to basically win the game for the Heat. That moment that Dwayne Wade has had a few of this year, or he's had opportunities at least, to put Miami ahead in games. And LeBron Wade didn't go one-on-one a whole lot. In this game, on number one, they play different positions. The Lakers like to switch a lot of different things. And they played small a lot of this game. So you had LeBron sliding up a position as well. So he's just not going to be around Dwayne Wade as much. But, it, you know, the the chip sort of fell where LeBron did guard Dwayne Wade on that final possession. Maybe he wanted it a little bit and kind of forced his way into him. And uh, Wade had the, had the ball and uh, LeBron bodied him up. Played good defense, forced a tough shot. Wade took a, a shot off balance and it missed, and that was it. So uh, it was a cool. It was still a cool moment. It it came down to a, a Wade and LeBron. Um, but as you mentioned, guys like Justice Winslow, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Bam Adebayo, the young guys that both of these teams have their futures staked on, really stepped up, which just made it kind of a cool experience overall. Let's go to Boston, where the Celtics without Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, or Gordon Hayward beat Anthony Davis and the Pelicans pretty handedly, 113-100. to Marcus Morris continues to play well as a starter. He put up 31 points, made five of his eight three-pointers, added four rebounds and four assists. And then Jason Tatum had it going from the get-go. He finished with 21 points on 10 of 16 shooting, hit a bunch of cool fadeaways and nifty shots, as he's going to do. The Celtics now have won six in a row, and according to ESPN, now have the second best point differential in the East. Now, Obviously, there's teams still ahead of them in in the conference. Toronto, Milwaukee, Philadelphia—all those teams are still ahead of them. But now that they've won six straight, David, it, it really feels like they've turned this thing around. And I think a lot of that has to do with kind of this rejiggered starting lineup. Right. um and, and despite the injuries, just being able to beat um, uh, just just being able to beat good teams.
1: Right. No. No. I think that's fair. I, I think a lot of people saw the weaknesses from Boston early on and expected them maybe to be completely falling apart. And, you know, we always talked about this, and we've talked about it on this show a number of times in the past that... It's difficult to incorporate all these players on one roster there. They've had a number of injuries kind of change how players step in and out of the lineup. It, it takes a lot to, a long time to figure out your role and how to make an impact. I think they kind of stay the course and stay true to the, who they are. Uh, and I think you're starting to see this team kind of figure it out. And look, somehow... This team seems to get better as players fall in and out of the lineup. I think they mm-hmm. were without Al Horford, and somehow they figured out a way uh, to get even better tonight and to beat a good New Orleans team who is struggling a little bit. So I'm wondering, from your perspective, this more about Boston playing well at the right moment or about New Orleans continuing to struggle as they, they make their push later on in the season?
0: I think, yeah, you're right. The Pelicans are struggling. They're overall a fine team in the West. They're basically a 500 team, which is is pretty good in the Western Conference, um, considering things are so bunched up there. But Anthony Davis, 41 points. Julius Randle, 20 points. The rest of the roster, nothing. You know, And that's, I think, kind of the story when it comes to New Orleans, is that Anthony Davis can just go off with an all-star night like this, and it's really not a close game where... You know, you look at Boston, even without three of their, their main guys, you've got a guy like Marcus Morris that's going off for 31 points. Jalen Brown, big story for him coming off the bench. 19 points in his return. That's really big for them if he's going, especially when he's making four of his seven three-pointers. That's kind of the big thing for him. Um, I think this is more Boston just get, it, just kind of putting things together. It, just, it feels like things make more sense for them. When you've got guys like Morris who, yeah, he, he scored 31 only on 15 shots and normally doesn't really need the ball. Like, if he's not going off for 31 points, he doesn't really need the ball. Marcus Smart obviously can do a whole lot of things on the court. He doesn't really need the ball to be productive. Um, and so I think having those guys next to Jason Tatum and a point guard like either Terry Rozier or Kyrie Irving, it just kind of it, it determines the pecking order a little bit more naturally. It doesn't seem as forced, you know? yeah on uh, the
1: Pelicans side of it they drop under 500 for the first time this season they're 14 and 15 now and and uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to kind of tread water for the rest of the year the way they have and still continue to make a playoff push it seems more and more likely that they might be on the outside looking in with mm-hmm. a western conference shaping up the way it has with so many teams in contention and other teams on their way up um, or, or fighting for a spot in a similar position there so it's going to be an interesting season that's to say the least
0: And they've been experimenting with a lot of different lineups. Julius Randle in for Nikola Mirotic. Uh, Solomon Hill uh, takes the start at the small forward position. So they've been trying to mix things up. And, hey, the the Boston Celtics fans, really encouraging round of applause for uh, Anthony Davis every time they got, every chance they got. (laughs) So uh, I don't know what that means. But, hey, before we move on to our (laughs) – it means absolutely nothing. Before we move on to our headlines, let's check in on the other scores from the night, David. Yeah.
1: um, Let's see. The – Dallas Mavericks were able to put a beatdown on the Orlando Magic, 101-76. to The Indiana Pacers got a big night from Miles Turner with 26 points to push them 109-101 over the Washington Wizards. The Sixers, 116 over the Detroit Pistons, 102. Again, the Celtics, 113 over the Pelicans, 100. Uh, Chicago, uh, not surprisingly, lost to the Sacramento Kings 108-89. The Milwaukee Bucks in the Matthew DeLaVadova revenge game (laughs) 108-92 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Oklahoma City Thunder 122 over the Utah Jazz 113 behind Westbrook's 6th triple-double of the season. The Denver Nuggets, despite many injuries to their roster, 105-99 over the Memphis Grizzlies the clippers had to go into overtime 123 to beat the phoenix suns 119 the golden state warriors despite not reaching the moon were able to beat the minnesota timberwolves 116 to 108 and again the lakers 108 over the miami heat 105
0: this episode is sponsored by action heat action heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing heat on demand at the touch of a button control your environment with action heat action heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently Deliver heat via seat, uh, heating panels, similar to that of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees, and they're powered by rechargeable batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Those batteries can even be used to recharge your phone while you're wearing the clothes, people. Perfect for any friend or family on a, on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, people who like to ski, snowboard, or anybody just loves being outside or just hates being cold. It's toasty warmth and comfort from head to toe. They've got heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, even underwear. Heated products that fit everyone's budget, starting at just $39.99. Underwear that can get to 135 degrees, that's crazy. We've Mm. got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off of your entire order. Just go to ActionHeat.com slash LockedOn to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's ActionHeat.com slash LockedOn, or use the coupon code LockedOn at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty and warm while you enjoy all of your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. Let's get to some headlines from around the league. The Denver Nuggets were all over the headlines on Monday. They signed Nick Young and then Sham Serena of The Athletic uh, reporting that Paul Millsap is expected to miss four to six weeks with a broken right toe. Hmm. Swaggy should theoretically help them with some shot making while Gary Harris and Will Barton are out with their various injuries. But I think what's really going to help them is uh, Nikola Jokic just being consistently more aggressive, getting his own shot, and I say that only because asking Nick Young to replace Gary Harris and Will Barton probably not gonna work.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think. To be honest with you, I don't even see him getting that much playing time. He just feels more like an insurance issue here, or you know, an emergency mm-hmm. in case of emergency break glass kind of uh, you know resolve there. Uh, I I think for the most part, if you look at Denver's success this year, they're kind of surprisingly, and I only know this because I'm writing a piece about Millsap specifically, is that their offense hasn't been particularly electric. You know, you think about the Nuggets teams of the past, and they've been putting up a lot of big, gaudy numbers that feel a lot like empty calories. It hasn't led to much success. This is a different version of the Nuggets where their their offense is only good for about 16th best in the league as far as points per game is concerned. Uh, it's really defense where they hang their hat and, and a big part of that has been Millsap. So in his absence, it's whether or not the, the guys that are left on this roster are going to be able to defend at a pretty high level. They did an okay job against Memphis. Then again, that's the Grizzlies and their grit and grind mentality. So I wonder how well that'll work and other opponents over the next four to six weeks while Millsap rounds into form. You're right. As far as Jokic is gonna, you know, he's gonna have to put up big numbers, kind of carry the load a little bit offensively, uh, and just be a little bit more. I guess well, he's gonna have to share the ball, but also look for his own shot more aggressively. Uh, that's a big part of it, as you said. Yeah. Um. And, and just be able to be a little bit more consistent defensively. I don't think he's a, a great defensive center, but he's certainly taking strides uh, to improve his overall defense. So hopefully that'll continue to to you know bear out over the rest of the season. It, it should be interesting as far as. Um, the swaggy's concerned. I don't even know that he'll get. Much well, wait. Play, I want huh? I want
0: to. I want to just add one thing to that Nikola Jokic point. There, go for he it. He absolutely needs to be more aggressive because that's been the. That's not. It's too. It's too much to say that's been the knock against him. But it's kind of been the ask of him by the team. And over the last few games, as they've been dealing with these injuries, as they continue to pile up. He's take he's averaged 13 shots a game so far this season, but over the last three games, 18 shots, 17 shots, and 14 shots. Those 14 coming up against Memphis, and against Memphis, he had 27 points in the game. So he's like a lot. he he's he's kind of hearing it. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, these guys are out. I need to step up a little bit more. And Denver, they were a deep team to begin with, so there are a certain amount of injuries that they could sustain naturally. But, um, you know, guys like Trey Lyles need to step up, and I thought he did a really nice job. He's had had a nice year so far. He is. And and he played well against Memphis. He was a plus eight in the game, um, had seven rebounds, nine points, but like moreover just played solid enough defense. Um, they're, they're moving Hernan Gomez over to the power forward starts, uh, spot started Tori Craig there in that starting unit. So they've got some pieces that they can just sort of mix and match and figure yeah. it out. But I think the Paul Millsap thing is going to be a big hole for them going forward. He was really the big addition for them in, in this season. Uh, if anything, which is a, which is a big reason why they went from a bad defense to a good defense this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they've got some guys that, that, have the potential to step up and sort of fill that spot, and uh, and I'm not I'm not ready to hit the panic meter yet on them. They're 18 and nine. They've got a good cushion. I still think that regardless mm. of Millsap being out four to six weeks, I think that and I think this roster is still good enough that they should be able to make the playoffs.
1: Well, make the playoffs maybe, but they're not going to have the kind of seating that they would have liked with Millsap in the lineup. I mean, missing yeah. Six weeks, potentially, during this stretch of the season is a tough one because this could take him all the way up to the all-star break, you know, where he'll need that kind of extra time off just to get back into playing shape. Now, you know, with a guy like Millsap, he's going to continue to work hard to find his place in the system again. And he already went through this last year where he missed almost 60 games due to various injuries. So... You know, it's gonna be interesting to see whether Denver's able to tread water. And again, this Western Conference with so many teams already trying to fight for those playoff seeds, I wonder whether or not this is gonna drive Denver down, not out of the playoffs, but down to a point where they're not gonna be able to capitalize on their depth and their overall talent. Or conversely, they could just be a really dangerous sixth, seventh or eighth seed. So that, that could be an interesting thing to watch in, in later on in the year too.
0: Things are going well in Chicago, I think hmm. most people would agree. Um, after a weekend that saw the Bulls suffer their worst loss in team history and players threatening to walk out on a Sunday practice after playing in a pair of back-to-backs, the Bulls came out and got whooped by the Kings, getting outscored 63-33 to in the second half. Good time. Maybe they should have been conditioned a little bit better, I don't know. Yeah. Then, as the Chicago Sun-Times reports, the Kings were overheard walking back to the locker room saying, quote, uh-oh, another two-and-a-half-hour practice for them tomorrow. Needless to say, David, when the Kings are making fun of you, things are not super awesome.
1: I, I mean, nor will they be anytime soon. Uh, you know, this is difficult. We talked in our last episode about, you know, the, the firing of Fred Hoiberg and what this means for the Chicago Bulls, uh, and things have only gotten worse. You know, I think a lot of people expected the, the post- firing coach bump, as many teams have shown in the past. Uh, that has not been the case. In fact, they've possibly regressed even further and it's a tough break because they're finally healthy they've got Lori Markkinen back um, they've got a number of players back in their rotation that can contribute at a pretty decent level and, and so you'd think that they might be able to capitalize on that and kind of play a little bit more inspired basketball in fact Jim Boylan has been so determined to make his impact on this team to kind of put his his imprint on the personality and the culture of this group that he's driving them into the ground in a way that's just been kind of di- di- dictatorial in nature. Like the team, again, threatening to boycott practice, um, to, to walk out almost mutinously uh, from pr- from practicing, having to be convinced by guys like uh, Robin Lopez and Laurie Markin and to actually stick it out and, and maybe have a players-only meeting, which is what they actually did over the weekend. And I think there might even be some legal action or at least some league involvement. I think they've called for the Yeah, they, they reached out.
0: They reached out to the uh, players' union to see if, um, if they, if any, if doing a a practice on the after a whole back to back set yeah. was even like a legal thing that coaches were allowed to do. So I don't know if they're trying to actually get punitive about it, um, but they are. That's what the union's for, I guess. Like, is to figure, out, hey, what are my rights? Um, look, I I'm not if. <laughs> you kind of determine success by what the goal was here. I don't know that the goal was to drastically turn Chicago's season around as far as wins go, because I think that would have been unrealistic. Jim Boylan came out and said, I want shock and awe, and that's kind of how I want to change the culture here. Well, guess what? I'm shocked, the players seem shocked, and I'm in awe by how much worse this has gotten. So to me, this has been an absolute success. I think he's absolutely gotten exactly what he wanted to get (laughs) done done. But, you know, jokes aside... It, they've played three games and four nights that's a tough stretch for anybody um they are I don't know that you're gonna get a coach uh, a, the, the coaching bump when they're i just i don't know that this team is that talented to begin with to be yeah. bumped you know I just i'm not ready to pass judgment completely but it just doesn't seem great and it doesn't seem like the guys are happy there and more than anything you just sort of want I know they're losing a lot but I don't know it's just the atmosphere doesn't seem great and I know that for me, Ownership is has said that they've they're backing Boylan. I don't trust the ownership to fulfill that promise either. So I don't think anybody is safe here. Is basically what I'm saying. But um, um, we've got our locked on line of the night, and then after that, we're gonna get cereal, and that comes up next. It's time for our locked on line of the night. Let's look at the candidates. Steph Curry, 38 points, seven rebounds, and six assists. LeBron James. In his win, 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 12 assists. Uh, Nikola Jokic, he had a great night, as we we were saying before. 27 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists. And then Paul George, 31 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals in the game. He keeps that Defensive Player of the Year campaign going strong. And then De'Aaron Fox, in that Bulls game, he took over in that second half. 25 points overall, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, and also for him, 4 steals. Plus a block for De'Aaron Fox, a lot of good candidates on the on a loaded NBA uh, night of action. David, who stands out to you? Who's your locked-on light of the night?
1: I think you've got to dismiss De'Aaron just because that performance coming against a a Bulls team that, as we talked about before, (laughs) is falling apart. So I mean, get the handicap yeah yeah I, I'm not sure you can take take that one into consideration to be honest with you. I, I look at Paul George's performance. I, I think we're starting to see this more and more and maybe maybe people have realized this before, but I think it's certainly starting to become common knowledge. George might be or or likely is Oklahoma City's best player. Uh, he has surpassed. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, uh, as far as uh, a positive impact and making uh, this team a very dangerous one. I think they're starting to become very, very good. Their defense has been rock steady all season long, but their offense is is finally coming into form. Westbrook's taking a seat back, something he wasn't able to do with Kevin Durant. He's deferring in a way that we haven't seen before, and it's much more effective. He's still putting up numbers. He's still stealing rebounds from guys on the team. But overall, I think he's still making a much more positive impact than he has in the past when he was... Possibly stat chasing, um, you know. I, and Paul George has been phenomenal, so I, I've got to give the line of the night to George.
0: Yeah, Westbrook in that same game triple double. Nobody cares. That's that's the problem, man. When you start stat chasing, we we get less impressed. Uh, I'm going with Steph Curry. He had 38 yeah. points on seven of 14 from three point range. He is officially shoot. He is officially putting up a 50 50 90 season right now, David. That is insane. It's pretty. Horrible, he, I know he's what. It's pretty normal, isn't it? Maybe for him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it will be. I don't know, man. It's crazy. What's and so it's. Um, I know he's missed a lot of games, but if he's putting up numbers like that, it's he's forcing himself into the MVP conversation, and he sh- he he ought to be in it. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with Steph for that reason. We've got three games on this Tuesday night. Um, and let, we're gonna look at them really quick and talk about which one is a must watch when we play cereal and not cereal. The first one is Portland versus Houston. That game is gonna be on NBA TV starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. We've got eight on 8:30 eight, eight, p.m. Eastern time. Phoenix in San Antonio and then at 10:30 Toronto versus the LA Clippers. David, which one are you pouring a bowl of cereal for? Well,
1: listen, I think you look at that Phoenix-San Antonio matchup, and nobody's really excited about that one. Uh, the Suns just continue to find a way to lose. The Spurs still struggling to find an identity. Um, they may actually be a bad team this season. They just don't look good at all. Um, you know, So I, I have to dismiss that one first of all. As far as the Blazers are concerned, they're struggling as well. The team that was atop the Western Conference – Looks like they just haven't been able to figure out since then. um, They're struggling offensively. Their defense has been suspect. They're four and six over their last 10 games. Uh, And as far as the Rockets are concerned, they're even worse three and seven over their last 10 and three games under 500. This was a team that was supposed to challenge the Golden State Warriors after their their superlative Mm -hmm. performance last year. That hasn't been the case. So, given that, I don't think I have much choice other than to pick Toronto and then the Clippers. I think the Clippers are a fun team. You wrote about them recently. They're pulling out some wins. They're on the second night of a back-to-back, so they may be a little less fun. Uh, But the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard, who has been a top candidate for the MVP across the league, I think he definitely deserves my viewing uh, and my bowl of cereal. We'll be
0: watching Raptors Clippers. I'm going to go with Portland Houston. Um, I feel like I've become an optimist late in this or early in this season, late in the calendar year of 2018. I'm viewing this as a game as okay, something's got to give. Both of these teams are trying to turn things around. One of these teams has to win, and maybe that signals a turnaround for Portland or Houston. So I'm going to be watching this game intently, trying to figure out all right, which one of you guys is coming out of here with your uh, head held high? And maybe starting to turn things around because I like when Portland and Houston are good. The league is better that way. So I'm going to say Portland and Houston's my serial game. L.A. Clippers. I think they're going to come out a little bit slow again because you said um, kind of a schedule loss here, even though it's at home. You're playing Toronto, which is a really good team on the second night of back to back. I'm not super stoked about that. So I'm, I'm going with Portland and Houston for my bowl of cereal. Um, and that's all we have for today. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NBA on iTunes and leave us a rating and review while you're there. Jake Madison and John Corrales got you unlocked on, on NBA tomorrow. Dave and I will be over at Locked On Heat for the rest of the week, so go ahead and subscribe there too. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.